Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text us at 580-580. Ah, here we go. Mr. Rushforth is here. Mr. Napolitano back in the studio again. Good to have you back, Frank. Great to be back. I missed a ding dong, though, or a little uh, previous... The ding dog's to your right. Yeah, it is. He is here. You know, am I on? Yeah, yeah you are. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you sound good when you're mute, muted. Oh, how funny. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, I don't know, Stephen, if you're the producer, Stephen, if you're in charge of this or someone is, that that promo or that uh, intro is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> how do you really feel, Paul? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Want me to do one? Yeah, let's let's go back to the old one. It was, it was like, better. Yeah. Way better. It's catchy. It was edgy. This one is. We'll get Brad on it. We'll get Brad on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Brad on it. Boy, oh boy. Oh boy. Is this indicative of what the show's going to be like? (laughs) I didn't have any coffee this morning. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Maybe you should (laughs) have. Seriously. Ready to go. Uh, Too much doom and gloom out there right now. Man, is there ever, huh? Yeah, way too much of it. It's, it's, um, it's not the way we're supposed to be. And, uh, and, and, and people need good news. And, you know, when the weather's like this, we need some good news, not bad news. And yet, everything, you put the news on; it's way more doom and gloom than ever before. Well, the train is running again. We got wow. that going for us. Well, did did it run through yesterday? Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't well, nobody know. was on it, I guess, so nobody no. would have known. Apparently, I mean, apparently, they interviewed a guy the other day, and he was the only guy on the train. Wow. Do home prices along the line go down now? Well, you know what's <laughs> you know what's funny? We we were pricing in for years. Once they said that the LRT was coming, we had already price increased along that LRT line. I don't think they're going to come down, but it, I definitely don't think it's as attractive anymore. I mean, it's um, well that plus working from home for a lot of people, right? Working a lot of from home, are taking yeah. Tra- yeah. But you know what? That's coming back though. I mean, you see the government now is saying that they want people back to work. They're mandating people back to work, and I think it's. I mean, I haven't yet, but I I get frustrated when my people are working from home, and it's. I think people will come back to work, and I will think that I I think eventually after they fix it up, the LRT will be popular. Um, and it will be popular to live along the LRT. Yeah, assuming they can keep it working. Well, that's it. I mean, I mean, they should have had a maybe a company who knows how to run a train in snow or a subway or yeah, a subway <laughs> or something. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a colossal disappointment. Which is a you know we're not talking about the subway here anyways, or the train here anyways. But at the same time, it's it's it is part of the fabric of our city, and right now it's not a good fabric. All right, real estate. Yep. Because you didn't show too many homes yesterday, huh? Well, no, it was tough yesterday to show homes. But, uh, you know, this is where you, I mean, I know this time of year you don't really have to worry too much about leaking. But you do have to worry a little bit with, um, you know, with the roof, what's going on with the roof. I mean, because if you have icicles coming off your roof like I do at home and lots of snow, uh, if you have skylights, this is where you might see some some leaking potentially. So, but. Hey, on the plus side, though, if you see a roof without snow on it now, you know it needs insulation. You know it might be a grow-up, too, right? That's, oh, yeah. That's a classic yeah. sign of a grow-up is when you have no snow on the roof. And then sometimes if you have a little bit of brown snow, it's also a grow-up. So that's a telltale sign for sure. So if you're going to do a grow-up, do it in the summer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what does yellow snow mean? <laughs> that's the bathrooms a, aren't working. <laughs> the yellow snow, if you drive by Frank's house, that's, that's the yellow snow. jeez. Yeah. Uh, well, we're still doom and gloom for some of the forecasts for this year. I don't know. Are you starting to see anything pick up, or is it too soon yet? You know mid, what? Mid-January. It, you know, I was saying to Petra last night, is every time our team, anytime we list a home or we sell a home, uh, we always text the team saying, you know, just sold one, two, three ABC Street and things like that. We had three texts last night for sales. 
uh, and I know Greg, who's with us again today uh, in the studio, I know Greg um, also uh, sends out a lot of our, the pictures when we list homes. And, and sometimes I don't know about the listings, but Greg sends out the pictures and we're getting quite a few pictures. So, I mean, I, I think we're listing lots of homes. We're definitely starting to sell a few more. You know, we're on pace right now for about a sale a day, which is okay for a January. Usually we're more than that. Um, but it's, it's still okay for January. So I know the doom and gloom, if you read the news or you listen to the TV or you listen to potentially other realtors or other more. And it depends brokers. who you listen to. Some are doom and gloom and some are going, nah, we're going to be fine. It's going to go up 4%. I am always positive on the market because there's always some opportunity. When the market goes down, there's an opportunity to buy. When the market goes up, there's an opportunity as well. So there's all, all sorts of facets of the market that give us an opportunity. I think we're going to be in for a, what I call a, a bit of a flat market, but that could be anywhere between 2 and 4%. I don't think we're going to go up more than that, but 2 to 4%. is normal. That's normal. That's healthy. That's that's. There's nothing wrong with that, and I think that's where we're going to be. I think oh, that's we, assuming Offsea doesn't screw this up, though. Well, yeah. again, Offsea's proposed some potential changes coming forward, um, and when we heard that, it's like, all right, they're going to loosen things up. Sounds like they're going the other way. It sounds like they want to make it even tougher. Uh, and again, one of the comments that they make, which is disappointing that you know, they make these types of comments is that they're trying to protect the financial institutions who are lending out the money. And it's hard for, you know, the the extremely hardworking Canadians that are out there that are looking at their housing costs and seeing it go through the roof like it has. And you've got somebody who's who makes the comment that they're trying to protect the financial institutions who continually record record profits. Plus quarter what, after plus, quarter. Do so, we really need babysitting? The banks will tell you no. The banks have no choice but to follow the regulators. But the banks will say, we've been doing this for hundreds of years. We know what we're doing. We've never had mortgage losses. So I, I, Ever, I, right? Ever. Like, are there circumstances? Sure. But not, not as a whole. There's individual circumstances where they've made mistakes or they've been doing And even they're few. They're few and far between. And again, we don't even hear about them because it's- it's a cost of doing business. Like when you lend out money, there's a risk with lending out money. There should be a risk. There should always be some kind of a risk. Now, the risk should, should be minimal, but there's always a risk. So, you know, right now, we've we, we still got delinquencies at record lows. Now, are delinquencies going to go up in 2023? I believe so, but not because Canadians are purposely letting their mortgages go in default. It's because of everything else that's happening around them that's out of their control, where their salary increases are one and two percent and inflation's six seven percent and never mind the six seven i mean you go grocery shopping it doesn't feel like it's only six percent more than it was no. a year ago no it feels like it's 30 40 percent more than it was a year ago so that's what's hurting canadians going to the gas pumps and having to pay you know one day a dollar fifty the next day a dollar 35 i mean that's what's hurting canadians right now and therefore it's limiting what they have available and and yes there's some canadians that are going in arrears on their mortgages now most of them can get caught up. Most of them, if they've owned the home for a number of years, have got some equity in there. So they're forced. The rules that they're trying to propose, to me, is even worse for most of the Canadians that should qualify for a mortgage because they're going to have to go to unregulated lenders to borrow money to make ends meet. And I don't know how that's helping people. Like, that's helping the institutions who are extremely profitable, but it, but it's hurting the Canadians. So... I hope they really take a deep down dive into how Canadians are feeling and and 
just not interview the banks because the banks will say, hey, the less risk we can take and the more money we can make, better for us. Yeah, as long as all they want is an equal playing field, right? Well, I, I think there should be a playing field where there is some risk associated and it shouldn't be risk-free. Doing a mortgage shouldn't be risk-free for a bank because they make a lot of money on mortgages and all the alternate products that they offer because a client does a mortgage. Like a mortgage, when I worked at the bank, was always, that's the anchor. But really, once we get the client with the mortgage, we need to cross-sell insurance. We need to get their bank account. We need to get everything else because that is even more profitable than the other things. And once we get everything together, then it's hard for them to leave us, which which is true. So these things that they're looking at now, should they implement them? What kind of a timeline are we looking at? Well, we're probably looking the second half of this year is what it sounds like. It sounds eh? like, yeah, it sounds like it's a six-month review that they're going through. Um, uh, Rob, uh, Rob McClister, um, you know, he, to me, he's a mortgage icon. He does, uh, you know, he's, he's been in the business for a long time and, and he's the one who interviewed Peter Rutledge and, uh, I'm trying to get Rob to maybe call in one day so that we can, we can get a better sense of, of what, um, you know, what that conversation was like with Peter when he actually started the report this week. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's disappointed, uh, as are most mortgage brokers, but most mortgage brokers are disappointed and people think it's because it's our business. You know, myself, and I, and I can speak for myself, I'm disappointed because I watch hardworking Canadians come into my office. They're worthy of being able to qualify for a mortgage and they're struggling to qualify for a mortgage and they're stuck having to continue to rent when they've done everything that our parents and all the other people have done to be able to get into housing. So all of a sudden now, you know, if the rules become even tougher, the dream of owning a home goes away. And that's disappointing because that dream should always be available and should be within reach and not not having to go. So so one of the things they're proposing is that 450% of your income. So if somebody makes $100,000, all they're saying is the maximum debt someone can have is 450000 But that incorporates that's mortgage, everything though, right? car loans, everything. Well, last I checked... I don't even know if you can get a car for thirty or forirty thousand anymore. Yeah, so right away no, you're knocking no off thirty or forty thousand bucks. So you know you, you start deducting some of the other things, student loans, you might have a loan. So you start deducting those and next thing you know you're left with a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Well, even in a city like Ottawa, which is I mean it's up there, but you know, but that's where the employment is. So you can drive people to maybe communities that have less lesser homes, but then there's no jobs for them. so so how do we how do we get the right mix in there? I hope I hope they really really rethink some of these changes because I think it's going to damage the housing economy in Canada tremendously and deter people from maybe staying in this country and going to other countries and and I'm talking about professionals people that need to stay in this country because we need them. Wow, it sure makes the forecast difficult, doesn't it? <laughs> it's um it, you know I I will say this and you know like Paul said last night, you know, three listings um for us, our pre-approvals are off the charts right now. So, so we've got a lot of Canadians, or you know, some of our customers that have got off the fence, have gotten off the fence because they've been on the fence for the last five, six, seven months because of interest rates going up. But now that the prices have come down a little bit and they're more reasonable, the interest rates are, you know, they're in the fours in some cases or in the fives. They're they're at least interested again in going back into the market. Although most of them are saying in March or April. So we're hoping that there's another reduction in fixed rates because the recession's hitting us. 
where you know if we can get into the mid four somewhere, I think our payment is much more reasonable. I think the appetite for these higher mortgages now is is there. I mean, people know they're here getting to, used to it now. They're getting used to it. They're here to stay because the beauty is, as I keep saying, buy, buy, buy. People are like, well, why would we buy? The mortgage rates are cra- the interest rates are crazy. I'm like, because the prices are coming down. So now's the time to buy. Stomach that interest rate for a little bit, but now's the time to buy. And I've said it. 15, 10, 15 shows already. You have six months to buy, is my opinion. Yeah. Then I think the market's taken off like crazy. Six months. That's assuming somebody doesn't sell your house for Monday. We'll talk about yes. fraud yeah. coming up. With- yeah. <laughs> or, or it depends on OSFI changes. If OSFI changes are, are, are critical and as critical as they're predicting maybe they might be, then that itself will, will, will probably kill the housing kill, market kill for housing six market. months to yeah. a year. Easily. For sure. 521 Talk, 521 8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Ah, welcome back. Hey, we got a special guest. There's nothing like having somebody who knows what they're talking about joining us to talk about mortgage fraud. David Leith from Farber Robillard and Leith Partner. How are you, David? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Thanks well, we're doing great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, David. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. I just wanted to, to ask you about, we're starting to hear these stories. There's two of them now out of Toronto where um, people have fraudulently gone in and tried to sell homes. Are we hearing about this more often, or does it happen more often than we actually know? Or homes that they don't own. Yeah. Very, very good question. It's, it's probably happening more often than we know, um, and it's been out there for many, many years. Uh, but when you see a story like the two that just happened in Toronto and they get into the press, uh, that's when it starts to come back to the forefront and then people start to talk more. You have radio shows that talk about it like this and you start to look around your situation to try to see what you can do to try to hopefully prevent something like this happen. But uh, mortgage fraud, title fraud has been happening um, more frequently since around uh, 2001, 2002, 2003. David, you know where, you know where we really see it in, in my business is on our rentals. We put a rental out there and we see people who are, you know, trying to, to scam and use that, use fake ID and get deposits out of people when they don't even own the rental. And exactly. we're, we're seeing it on the rental side big time. Yeah, I would, uh, that's definitely one of the areas. The fraudsters that are, uh, that are perpetrating these frauds, they're sophisticated and they're always one step ahead of everybody. And uh, there's a lot of people behind the scenes of these fraudsters who are, are, are working towards trying to dupe somebody out of the deposit as you just mentioned they're trying to uh you know trying to get a mortgage approval and register to get the money released so that they can just take off with the money they're trying to you know take a title uh title from somebody uh uh like they did in toronto very recently the one thing the one thing we are seeing too especially when the rental market was going crazy i mean it still is going crazy but there's a lot more rentals on the market now but when there's fewer rentals and the market was going crazy. There was a lot of people that were trying to uh, uh, rent homes sight unseen. And that's when the fraudsters really came out because they're like, yeah, yeah. we can't show you the house, but send us that, you know, $4,000 deposit. And then the house is yours. And that's what was exactly. happening with people. Yeah. Must exactly. be getting more attractive to them because prices have gone up so much too. It makes it worth their, worth their while, right? Well, that's exactly right. If you look at one of the, the story in Toronto where the business person left to the whole family left to go to to on a business trip for a very long time 
or the uh, or the or the senior who moved into a residence when the offers were coming in they were there was 1.2 million uh valuation but the uh these multiple offers were coming in at 1.9 and that's where they they really take advantage of those situations to capture uh as much money as they possibly can and uh definitely the recent market has uh I guess assisted with these uh, fraudsters. But you're that right about sophistication, though, because oh. these people have gone through real estate agents, lawyers. You know, ID has yeah. been checked. They've got to be very good at it. They are very, very good at it. They're always one step ahead uh, of the uh, of the um, uh, the professionals that are out there. They're one step ahead of the police, RCMP, that type of thing. Uh, but you know, certainly, we as an industry, whether whether on the legal side, uh, the Real estate agents, uh, mortgage brokers, uh, mortgage agents—they, we all have to be a little bit more careful when we're looking at ID, verifying ID, um, and meet, and when we're meeting with people, looking at signatures, looking at the driver's license, looking very carefully at passports, things like that. Um, there are tools that are coming out. I'm not sure, uh, you know, in in on the real estate agent side, when you're verifying a client's ID or maybe more so on the mortgage broker side, but there are companies out there who have verification tools that are coming out that uh, might assist in trying to reduce uh, the frauds uh, that are happening right now. I actually saw something on Facebook, David, the other day, which is legit or not, I don't know, but there's a somebody advertising or a company advertising how you can um, scan someone's driver's license and, and determine whether it actually is fake, whether that is a tool that you're yeah. talking about or not. But that that needs to happen because... You know, for them to get away with this, they got to get by the real estate agent. They have yeah. to get by the mortgage agent, and they have to get by the lawyer to do this. And, and the purchaser, the purchaser, yeah. yeah, and the purchaser. They, that this has to be a lot of sophistication, but it's 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 happening now. Would title say, insurance is the key, right, David? Well, let me go back one thing, just so you know, Paul. Uh, on Friday, I put my driver's license through one of these, so uh, I can send you the link. But uh, title insurance is really uh, uh, imperative uh, to have. And so title insurance has been around since uh, the late 1990s, early 2000s. If you bought a home since 2000, uh, you most likely have title insurance. But title insurance uh, covers or they have fraud coverage built into the policies, both pre-policy fraud as well as post-policy. It's helpful because it can help to, uh, you know, cover some of the costs involved in trying to get back uh, your title or to... Uh, pay off these mortgages, that type of thing. Uh, but also, they can, uh, you know, they, they're one step ahead of the game as well. Uh, if you are somebody who has owned a home for a very, very long time, you don't have title insurance, you no longer have a mortgage, title insurance companies do have a product called an existing homeowner policy, which you can arrange through my office, uh, lawyer's office, hopefully my office, but uh, <laughs> the existing homeowners policies are there uh, and they were created very early on in the game. They weren't around when title insurance came out, but they came out once fraud started happening in and around 2003, 2004, they created this existing homeowners policy, which would help protect for frauds. And, and maybe uh, uh, on the mortgage side, a lot of people used to say, well, I don't have a mortgage. I'm going to put a line of credit on my house. I'm not going to draw on it, maybe, but it's just there because that might, you know, stop somebody from looking at my property. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not costly, is it, David? No. uh, Well, uh, normally when you buy a house, title insurance, uh, it's probably around 1% of the purchase price. 
if the price of the home is under five hundred thousand, you're looking at around four hundred thirty bucks for title insurance. So when you get over the five hundred thousand limit, it just gets a little bit more expensive, but it is a one-time payment only. Can you so get? Can you add it at any time? You can. So uh, let's say uh, if you own a home, you don't have title insurance. You bought it before it, it existed in Ontario. You can contact my office uh, very easily, and we can arrange for you an existing homeowner's policy uh, quite quite simply. Per- perfect perfect timing, actually, David, because we had a caller last week who, who owned the house for, I think, 30 or 40 years asking about title insurance. So at least we got our answer right now, which is, which is great. And even he was asking about pricing. One thing that a lot of people don't know about title insurance is, one, it might cost you know 1% of the price. But it also stops you guys from doing all these other searches that would cost a buyer at the same time, correct? That is right. So there are, uh, it replaced how we did things years ago. We used to provide an opinion to a client. We'd have uh, kind of a a list of all the due diligence that we needed to do with the various municipal offices. We needed surveys back in the day, not only uh, to to verify building location, et cetera, but the banks needed surveys. But now title insurance, you don't need a survey in order to get financing to close a deal because of the coverage built into the policy. So yes, there are some savings from that perspective. Awesome. David, are seniors more vulnerable considering they probably got their mortgages paid off a while ago and have had the original mortgage more than 20, 25, 30 years ago? Are they more of a target now for these fraudsters? You're asking personally, right, Steve? <laughs> asking for Frank. Uh, it's a very good question, and it's certainly... Um, uh, they definitely have vulnerability, and, and a lot of the reason is because, you know, these fraudsters, like if you look at the uh, the story from Toronto, 95-year-old gentleman, he moved into his uh, retirement home. They, they brought these tenants, quote-unquote tenants, into the property. There's things lying around the house. There's, there's uh, information that they use to get that fake ID to be able to, to, to do that. And, yes, so the seniors are are definitely on the vulnerable side because often they don't have mortgages. And, um, you know, so certainly uh, those are the ones who could take advantage of that existing homeowner's policy. So, David, we have to uh, go to break here, but we want to really, really thank you for coming on and, and, and spreading some uh, some information for us. Uh, David's, uh, you know, a go-to real estate lawyer for Paul Rushforth Real Estate. David, how could people get a hold of you uh, for all their real estate needs? Very simple. Thank you, Paul, uh, for having me. Uh, they can contact me directly at uh, 613-722-9418 or uh, email me uh, directly at info at frl-law.com. Awesome. Thanks, David, for coming Thanks, on. We David. really appreciate it. Or just Google Thank David Leith. Or that. just Google David Leith. Yep. Comes, comes up right away. Yep. There you go. Thank, Thank you, you David. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Go back to shoveling now. Thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. 521 Talk, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Uh, welcome back. I don't know when we're off commercial with this new intro. Oh, I don't like that. Don't get me started on this new intro. <laughs> Jesus. You guys are really going to have to have breakfast next week. <laughs> yeah, I think This is so. the first week, I think, in 15 years you've you never had breakfast. You know what's funny is... People are probably wondering, why haven't they talked about who bought breakfast Because nobody did. Nobody did. Well, nobody did, but it's only because Frank already ate, so you know he wasn't willing to buy when he already eats. And yet I, I got an email, I think, on Monday saying, hey, I don't eat breakfast on Saturday. So. I'm not eating breakfast anymore. 
Yeah, well, I think maybe I think you should. The grump factor has gone up <laughs> just a little. Welcome bit. to the breakfast show. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the phones. Maybe Samantha's in a better mood. Hello, Samantha. Hi, how's it going? Ah, good. You are in a good mood. Well, haven't had coffee yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? Awesome. Right. Good. Um, I have a question. Uh, my fiance and I were first-time home buyers, and we were doing some shopping around for the lowest interest rate. Our first stop was TD Bank. Um, and they provided us with a, a decent rate, <clears throat> and they're willing to remain competitive. So we started shopping around with a few mortgage brokers just in hopes of finding an even lower rate. And it was only then, after I had spoken to a particular mortgage broker who mentioned to me that they don't work with four particular banks, um, TD and in being included due to the fact that all of their mortgages are collateral mortgages. Um, and I'm just wondering why they decide to be, you know, for a lack of better words, so sneaky about it. Um, they're not upfront with it at all until it comes to renewal time. Um, and then apparently a lot of clients are pretty upset with the fact that they're stuck in this collateral mortgage. Um, so I was hoping that you guys would be able to discuss the difference between a standardized mortgage and a collateral mortgage. And if there's, you know, a reason for a rise of concern there. Well, there's somebody who's done some homework with all the terminology <laughs> with the standard. and the, I've tried. <laughs> uh, you have. Good the for only, you. But the only thing I can say, Frank, before you get into it, what the difference is, is just like when you're shopping for a real estate agent, you're not looking for the cheapest agent. When you're shopping for a mortgage, you're not necessarily looking for the cheapest rate. Yes. You're looking for the best product. I'll let Frank continue. Yeah. Uh, so TD, uh, boy, probably 12, 13 years ago, they switched all of their mortgages to collateral mortgages. Now, again, on the forefront, uh, they'll tell you that they'll register the mortgage. And actually, TD is one of the banks, one of the first ones that came out and said they'll even register the mortgage for 125% of the value of your home. So if you bought a $400,000 home, even though they only, you know, if you bought with 5% down, like most first time home buyers do, they would still register a mortgage for 500. And they would talk about the perks of the fact that when your property went up, then, you know, at maturity date, or even before maturity date, you'd be able to go and apply for more financing, because the equity has gone up on your property, and you wouldn't have to incur the legal fees, because it's already registered for the higher amount. Mm-hmm. And that's all good, and they're absolutely right. What they don't talk about is is you know the negative stuff, which is that means they've got you so that you know for you to leave them and go somewhere else, you're going to incur some fees. So they don't tell you that up front, and they don't have to be as competitive then because they know that you've got a fee associated with it. So yeah. you know if you call them and said, hey, by the way, this lender is offering me ten basis points better, they'll they'll come turn around and say, yeah, but by the time you, you incorporate your $1,000, $1,200 legal fee, the appraisal cost, you're really better off just to stay with us, even though it's 10 basis points more. So that's the part that I don't like. Not just TD, though, right? No, no, T- no. TD started at 12, 13 years ago, and they're exclusively collateral. But, yeah, you know, TD, we... Scotia, Tangerine, and National Bank. Well, I'll tell you. So on the Scotia side, if you deal with a mortgage broker, you have the option of taking a standard mortgage or a collateral mortgage. So you get the choice of which one you want to get. Uh, and if you deal with non-bank lenders, now a lot of these non-bank lenders are backed by the major banks. But with most non-bank lenders, you get a standard mortgage. Now, so at time of renewal, um, you know, you're right that you went through the experience of if you want to move it somewhere else, you got a better rate somewhere else. You know, like I said, TD will tell you that now you got to, you know, you're going to incur legal fees. You're better off to stay with us. Mm-hmm. That being said, we're starting to see now that non-bank lenders are coming out with promotions where if it's a collateral mortgage that we're transferring from, 
uh, we'll do it anyway, and we'll pick up most of the cost so that it might cost the customer two, $300 to move it, and therefore it's well worthwhile. So we're starting to see programs come out on the broker side where they'll take over a collateral mortgage. Now, you know, we talked about the last segment, title insurance and, and fraud. For some people, a collateral mortgage is a good thing because once they pay off their mortgage, that collateral mortgage stays on that property, and therefore, you know, it deters fraudsters from going after it, which is good. But... Um, you know, there was a circumstance, you know, we didn't get a chance. Wish we had David on for another segment, actually. There was the other one in Toronto that that made the headlines where, you know, the people bought the house and they actually paid off the mortgage, but there was so much equity in it that they ended up taking all the rest of the equity on it. So, um, you know, title insurance is good to have, but collateral mortgage is not as bad as it used to be. Although you should still, I, I agree with you. TD Bank needs to be more upfront with it. They've been featured on W five and Marketplace for not telling uh, consumers that they're putting them in a collateral mortgage, but they still continue to do it. So it would be in the fine print, though. Well, of the, I, of to the be honest with you, seventeen pages that you're are you going to read? Yeah, nobody yeah. reads That's the why fine you get print. A broker. Yeah. Uh, well, that, but the lawyer also should point it out in some cases uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, the lawyer should be able to tell a client that I'm registering this as a collateral mortgage. So therefore, because a standard mortgage has an expiry to it. So if you get a 25-year amortization, a standard mortgage is registered for 25 years. A collateral mortgage doesn't have an expiry date. So it's being registered as a collateral mortgage, which means there's no expiry date. So, um, so, so again, I mean, you're right that the best rate is what most Canadians look for. Uh, I don't know that our collateral mortgage should deter people now. I think with the programs coming out, I, I, I think if, if you can avoid the collateral mortgage, you should because it does make it easier to transfer it you know, at the time of renewal and be able to shop around and get the best rate. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it should be the client's prerogative to shop yep. around. And I have a hard time believing that once they kind of, you know, they have you locked in, that they will be offering you their most competitive rate at that point. And especially being first-time home, home buyers, we'd be so young in our mortgage. Yep that we definitely do want to be be shopping around after every five-year term or whatever we decide to do. I, I, could tell, I, could I think tell, everybody should. I can tell you, Samantha, though, you as a first-time home buyer, you sound a lot more educated on the on the <laughs> mortgage side than most first-time home buyers. I, I'd well, say I I'd say you're that. thank you. <laughs> I'd say you're more educated on the mortgage side than most buyers in general, not just first-time home buyers. So, I mean, those are great questions. We haven't had great questions like that uh, on the mortgage side in quite a while. Not only that, it's so nice to, and refreshing to talk to a first-time homebuyer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Congra- yeah. Congratulations. So, have you bought yeah. yet, or, or are you in the mortgage no, already? We're in or? very, very beginning stages. We were yeah. pretty, uh, we were happy with the the rate that TD gave us. That's why when I spoke with this mortgage broker, it was kind of a curveball that was thrown at me. I mean, I've done my research. I thought so to have never heard of the term collateral mortgage at all. I was a little bit uh, yeah, yeah. just out of curiosity. Off. What rate did TD give you? Five point zero six. That's not a good rate. Okay. And that's why <laughs> you need to call Frank. Right? Are you buying with less than twenty percent down? No. You're buying with twenty percent down. Twenty three point three 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 percent down. Okay, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, First with a, uh, there's probably rates that are might be a little bit better out there for scenarios like that. Actually. Yeah, I was talking with the same mortgage broker actually, and he yep. was saying how oftentimes. Um, if you're putting down less than 20%, you get a better rate. And yep. if you put more than 35% down, you get yep. a better rate. 474 is right. That, yeah, that 7 to 80% mortgage that we still have. So it's it's a higher rate. I don't know. It sounds it sounds crazy, though, right? As a first-time homebuyer, yeah. it's like, wait a second. I'm putting 23% down, and my rate isn't as good as somebody that's putting 5% down. 5% down? Yeah. Exactly, because uh, you're not uh, getting insured by the CMCH or whatever. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> 
She's, you know what you're talking she's about. You're good. Yeah. You know, you know, homework. Good for you. You know Frank's hiring, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Frank's hiring on the mortgage side. If you I mean, you're Frank, nothing. She's doing the show next yeah, week. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can fill in for Frank. <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much and good luck. Have a great day. Thanks. I read to, uh, somewhere this week the average person will take 27 years to save enough for a 20% down payment. Well, wow. here's a first time home buyer that saved 23.3%. That's a good chunk of money. I don't know what bra- price bracket she's in, but that's matter. A, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a good uh, it's a good chunk of money for a first time home buyer and it's it's good to see. I mean, we don't see enough first time home buyers these days with what's going on with interest rates and all the rules and the prices yeah, of Yeah, with that being said, I I will say this though. We've noticed over the last certainly over the last 2 years, but even over the last 6 months there's much more appetite for parents to help their kids either on the down payment side or on the guarantor slash cosigner side because, um, you know, they want to help their kids. They want to see their kids achieve home ownership. And, you know, where before it was like you should be able to get it on your own. Now they understand how difficult it is to qualify for a mortgage. So they've, they've actually been more forthcoming and saying, you know what, we're, we're going to give you an early inheritance of 100000 bucks. And when you say kids, you're talking 26, 27, 28? Well, high 20s, low 30s, most yeah. of them. I, I, listen, if you're going to university, you're probably not out of university until 22, 23. Paul took till 27, but, you know. He, I was you know. so smart I didn't go to university. <laughs> and he wow. only went for one year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, but, <laughs> I didn't go to university. Uh, it could te- the we 10 could tell. best years of we his life tell. were his first yeah. year in university. <laughs> Uh, it's best six years of high school. Yeah. <laughs> but see, the only problem is now I'm the barometer for my kids when they're like, oh, I don't have to go to university. And I can, I could do what I want. Yeah, And they can, so long as you're a guarantor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's just it, right? And, you know, guarantor is a great program that doesn't get talked about. The banks don't like doing it. And in many cases, they don't do it. They'd rather parents go on as a co-signer. But there's many lenders out there through the mortgage broker channel where you can actually be a guarantor. And most parents like that and want that because they really don't want to be on title. They really don't want the house in their name. They do want their down payment potentially protected, uh, but that's a different that's a different part of it altogether. I mean, you can still drop a document with a lawyer. You can register a lien against the house if you want to protect it in case you know your son or daughter uh, you know split, set, or, whatever, split yeah. or whatever. So uh, you know, there's ways to do that, but they don't mind going on as guarantors if it helps the kids get into home ownership. See? Get that checkbook out, Paul. Oh, sorry. I was just taking pictures of my girlfriend over here. 521-TALK. <laughs> I thought that's what Greg was here for. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Ah, welcome back. Now, that one wasn't so bad. The music ends at the right time. All is good in the world. I missed the ding dong. Yes, I missed the ding dong too. Sorry, I was having a little bit of trouble with my headphones here. I I looked like Steve the time he came in with his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Frank, early renew. Good idea. Do you think a recession's coming? Yes, I do. Do you feel like a recession's coming? Yes, I do. If a recession's coming and your mortgage is up in the next four, five, six months, and interest rates are likely to come down, why would you early renew and give up probably a rate that's 2% better than what you're going to get today? Banks are notorious at doing this these days. They're calling clients and telling them that they're going to do them a favor and early renew. And again, I mean, the, the problem I have with it is 
you've got their economists that are predicting that interest rates are probably going to come down, fixed rates are going to come down because we're going into a recession. And then you've got the the renewal people telling clients that you've seen what's happened with rates and they're probably going to continue to go up. So they're giving mixed messages. And it's disturbing because some clients will fall prey to that and they'll lock in at five and a half, six percent. I had one last week, they said six point one four. We're going to get to six, and they're at three point one nine. So they're giving up a lot. Three percentage points over six months, they're going to give up the next six months. So instead of three one nine until July, they 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 would automatically starting today. You know, it's it's one thing if they say we'll hold that rate for you until July, but no, what they do is they put you under pressure and they say you have until next Friday, and and that offer goes away. It's so so they make people feel like they're going to lose out on something if they don't take it. So and hang it's, in. It's it's unfortunate. I would say hang in for sure. All right, Paul. Now it's your turn. Oh, What's finally we- I get to talk. <laughs> finally. Oh, th- we're out of time. I-, I thought your neck was oh, yeah, I thought yeah. your neck Birthdays. was I thought your neck it was broken this way and I was just a guest on Frank's show today. Honest, Birthdays. Honest to goodness, I'm buying breakfast next week. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's like wow, I get to talk. Great. So now a lot Great. of people Did you are press play? A lot of people are looking at the market right now and they're waiting to buy hoping that they want to hit the bottom. But now the danger is when is the bottom? Well, it's hard to know when the bottom is, but like I said, in, in 2021, when we were going through October, November, December, and I was telling people to buy, 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 and people were like, well, the market's been really tough. I think it's going to drop. I think it's going to drop. And then in January, start of January, our average sa- sale price was seven or 645 Within a month, we were almost up $80,000. So it was too late at that point. So I'm telling people, you've got about six months to buy. I don't think it's going to happen like it did last year in Jan, Feb, and March. I think we're going to just be a little bit stagnant until we really find out what's stabilizing with these rates and what's going to happen with these rates. Once we realize what's happening with these rates, I think it's going to absolutely take off. Um, and that's why I'm saying, excuse the expression, but don't get caught with your pants down because it's going to happen. It's going to take off quick like wildfire because it's a perfect storm. We have you know, our, our, our millennials, who are our largest cohort, they're just chomping at the bit to buy. Eventually, we will get some more inventory on this market. Eventually, the rates will come down. And by the time that happens, it'll be a perfect storm, and it's going to go boom. And we're going to have people jumping into the market, especially the millennials, buying up lots of property. It's going to drive up the average sale price. People from Toronto, it's going to drive up their average sale price. So they're coming to Ottawa, which is going to drive up our average sale price even more. But drive up, you're not talking crazy drive up like it was two years ago. I don't know. I don't know. There's some people that are predicting a, 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 a even a better version of what 2020 at the start of 2022 was like. In 2023 or 2024? I don't, no, I don't think it's going to be in 2023. But I'm telling you that it is going to start to creep up in the fall of 2023. So I would get in sooner than later. Some pockets of the of the city, some pockets of suburbia are actually really, really depressed right now. We have too much on the market in certain areas. Um, I don't want to mention the areas in case there's people who are selling in those areas, and I don't want to sort of tamper that listing, but there's some areas of suburbia right now that are just drenched with properties, and the prices are actually coming down. It's like a race to the bottom. Um, so if you can pick up a property and then stomach those rates and just sit on it for you know six months to a year – um, you will find that you're going to build up tons of equity as the market goes insane. Well, if we are going into a recession, though, that would mean if you close three, four months from now, you might get a half-decent deal on your mortgage, on your interest rate. Well, rates are supposed to come down. When when are we going to see the full brunt of, of the recession is, is unknown right now. I mean, I, I can tell you that in the financial industry alone, the layoffs have been massive. Uh, they just don't seem to make the main media, and I don't know that they'll show up in the Statistics Canada's numbers of unemployment, but 
I can tell you that there are banks and lenders that have laid off in the hundreds and some in the thousands of employees. So, you know, it's out there. Um, obviously, the job numbers in, you know, they came out in January were reflective of December with a lot of the retail jobs. And, you know, like you said, there was a lot of full-time jobs and Ottawa's a very stable market. So we're very fortunate that Ottawa's a stable market on the job front. But across the country, I fear, especially in the GTA, I fear that their numbers are going to not look very, very rosy over the next month or two. And therefore, uh, you know, the bond markets are going to start to see that. And therefore, we're going to start to see those bond markets come down, the five-year bond rate come down. And in turn, uh, it'll be some relief for some people that have their mortgages coming up either for renewal or the ones that are looking to buy over the spring and summer market. Now, ordinarily, mid-January, you'd be saying... The spring market is on now. Yep. Are we delayed this year? We're delayed. I mean, it doesn't help. We had two major snowstorms, too, right, to start January. But we're delayed. We're definitely delayed. We don't see the, you know, the the, the robust start, even though, what are we today, like the 13th, 14th, something 14th. like that? Yeah, so we're not, we're, we're getting near the point where it starts to take off. You know, next next week, when, when Dora's actually replacing me next week, ask her that question, what, what she felt this week, if it was a little bit more robust, because I think it might be. But I still think we're going to be a little bit delayed. The one thing I do want to caution people is when I'm back on the show at the start of February and I come out with the real estate numbers, don't be shocked because keep in mind last January was crazy. Yeah. So our average sale. They're going to look bad compared. They're going to look terrible. For the next four months. They're for going the next to, yeah, four or five the next, months. For probably the next four or five months, you're right. Yeah. The number of sales will be down. The average sale price will be down. It's just the way it is going to be. And, and when I say down, drastically down. But if you look a little bit more long-term, you realize that we're, we're we're still in a very very solid market. But what I do over the next four to five months, when I do tell you the numbers, don't think the sky is falling. It's just we went through the probably the craziest five months in the history of the real estate market here in Ottawa at the start of 2022. And I think what we're going to see, even if we do have a decent 2023 to start the year, it's still going to be way down for where 2022 was. So is it, don't is be it, shocked. Is it April or May? Probably April or May that we're really going to start to hear about. Now the price drops are, are going to be reflective because we saw the increase in the first four months of last year. So therefore, we're going year over year. We but might. I, we might I feel have like exact, May. We might have an exact reverse. To be honest with you, we might see terrible numbers in the first five months compared to the first five months of last year. But then we might have great numbers compared to the next five or six or seven months of 2022 compared to what we're going to see in 2023. So it might be an exact reverse. It's hard to tell. Which is why we should be looking more at averages, right? Yeah, looking more at averages and also long term. Like I ran into a guy at the mall the other. I guess we got to get out of here. But I ran into a guy at the mall who's telling how the prices are going down. Blah, 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 everything's screwed and i said well if you you know if you're looking at real estate as a short-term play absolutely yeah. but if you're looking at a long-term play don't worry about it everyone's good all right birthdays it's vowel time ah uh, uh, josie Murtos and jeanette oliver from uh mbo celebrating their birthdays this week so happy birthday that's it just the two that's it just the two i have one but before i get to that i am uh sailing around the british virgin islands for the next two weeks with oh, my shut with, up. with my girlfriend <laughs> petra who's with me today so um, I won't be on the show, so Dora will be here for the next two weeks. But I, but I do have a birthday on the 27th because I won't be on the show. My beautiful daughter, Taylor, turns 21 wow. on the 27th. So happy wow. 21st birthday. Sorry I'll be on the islands drinking margaritas. So you're not going to be here for your daughter's 21st birthday. Thanks. Father thanks, of the thanks year. Frank. Father thanks, of the Frank. year award. Thanks, right Frank. there. She, uh, she right must, there. Father she, of the year award. She must be looking to buy a house. <laughs> She'll be you know, a, a hunter. Hunter has more this, more money in his bank account than I do. Yeah, so but I'm talking will. to the guarantor. Yes. Here. Oh, the guarantor. Or a co-signer. Yes, yes. Or a co-signer. Yeah. <laughs>
Paul at paulrushforth.com, Frank N at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Enjoy your vacation, Paul. Yep. You. Have a great vacation yeah. and continue to support local businesses and charities.